Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 440. This is your guide to the geek side, and I am one of your hosts, Todd Oxtra, living the dream. It's 95 degrees in Minnesota. Not why I moved here, folks. That's the dream. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. We jumped. You jumped into weather talk from the, you jumped into the jump of the weather talk. I but, mean, I got, let, but I jumped right out, Charlie. I, I jumped guess, right it, out. it was like dipping your toe in the, the, the pool and it's molten lava. Ah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, we're getting, we're getting into a Midwestern heat wave, man. It's end of August. We're going to get the kick of it, but you know, a month from now, we'll just be like, ah, going to, going to high school football games. That's my one thing. You know, I'm not a sports guy, but I love walking the three blocks to, our high school here in East Grand Rapids and watch my East Grand Rapids Pioneers play football. I still enjoy that. That's something I actually look forward to every fall because just it's fun. I am very excited for it this year, too, because my son's going to be in the marching band because our school yes. has not had a marching band in 18 years. So it's going to be interesting to see. Oh, oh yeah, they didn't have one forever. That's so crazy. Oh, that's, yeah. that's a weird thing to not have. Like, but you know what? Talk about weird things. I don't know if it's the case at your high school, but we don't have cheerleaders anymore. I noticed that between oh. – in the last 20 years, like I, I lived in town 20 years ago, I'd come back and visit, walk up to a game with a friend or like maybe I was in town with my girlfriend or something. We'd walk up, cheerleaders. Started going back to games, you know, 10 years ago when my son was getting back into school, no cheerleaders. It's just, it's weird. Don't know why. So the cheerocracy has been defeated. Exactly. But just like your school, not having a marching band where at our school, like my friend, Tammy, her son, who has since graduated was in the marching band. It's a very big deal. I don't know. Oh, yeah. It's it's very it's weird. weird. And we have a huge high school. I think there's over like 3000 students in the high school. Oh, that's so that's small. M- m- much bigger yeah. than East. Yeah. East is, yeah. you know, a thousand kids. So yeah, it's weird. But anyway, marching bands, high school football. Um, but what we, what we really want to talk about is, uh, first of all, our unequivocal support for the ongoing WGA and SAG AFTRA, uh, strikes, uh, day 119 of the writer strike approximately. And then day 49, uh, of the actor strike, uh, we are, have always stand by our solidarity. I know there were some talks this week going on throughout this past week, but the, um, the needle has not moved. The boulder has not really, it's the writers, the not the, yeah, it's the writers, not the actors yet. Yeah, exactly. So that, that, that could be a longer one. So even if we get the writers back to work, they may finish writing things they were writing, or maybe go back to writing scripts. Then there's, there's no way to produce it. So, yeah. um, do please visit the entertainment community which we did and, and were able as an organization to uh, make a small donation, uh, to keep these folks going, uh, during really the struggle of their lives. Do keep in mind the vast majority. We were talking about this, that we had our, our fan club, uh, meeting for the Star Trek chapter last night. We're talking about, you know, most of these folks are not your Tom Cruises of the world. They're regular folks, you know, working basically gig jobs here and there and just trying to have health insurance, afford an apartment, make car payments, put food on the table, feed their families, feed themselves. Um, so do anything that you can to support them. But always remember um, that while this may come uh, to an end eventually, especially when, like you said, Bob Disney is talking about how, you know, Disney corporations in flames burning cash. Um, I'd like it to be, we would of course like it to be sooner rather than later so that these people can get back to their normal life. So again, entertainmentcommunity.org. Uh, give, I would say give until it hurts, but definitely be, be sure to give something. So uh, on a warmer note, we always start the show off before we get into talking about uh, this week's exciting cover by giving some love and respect to our hit squad of Patreon supporters. Uh, these are the wonderful folks that make it possible for us to make fun, extra 
content. Like uh, just before this, Tad and I recorded uh, the latest episode of our comic book feature, The Spinner Rack. Uh, my wife, April, and I are going to record our bad trip to the movies with Cardin's podcast here later today, talking about 2004's Catwoman, which I've never seen before, but it is famously horrible. I do a great show called uh, The Facts of Geek Life this upcoming week with my partner, Jonathan Sandicrow. I will record a segment about the first season of the 1966 Batman series. We just have a lot of fun, and it's all because of these people supporting us. Over on the Best Buds level, we have Jamie Prinky. And on the BFFs level, we have the spectacular Nias family of Sean, Stella, and Henry, my dear friend Missy Merchant, and their wonderful pal Andy Milliken. And as we mentioned last week, frequent uh, collaborator friend of the show, Luke Lore has joined us uh, also in the Patreon. So hopefully, Luke, you are enjoying that great new content. We look forward to seeing you back on the shows as well. You can visit yes. patreon.com slash secretfriendsunite. Sign up on any tier level for a one-week free trial. Check us out. And if you dig it, stick around some. We would love to have you enjoying that with us. So, Todd, what is going on? We've gone back to the well this week with a Marvel comic. It's been a while since we talked about a Marvel comic. and we got It has been. And this one's an odd one because I saw the cover and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I was not a big fan of the first gen of the X-Men, which essentially right. is the heritage team you think of. Beast, yep. Cyclops, uh, Iceman, uh, Marvel Girl, and also Angel. Uh, so this is January 1st, 1968. This is X-Men number 40. The cover says, the X-Men meet Frankenstein. Enough said. The Mark Monster. And Charlie, when he said enough said, I don't think there's enough said because Frankenstein showing up with the X-Men, I need to know. You know, enough said is that just sounds like one of those classic, like, I don't want to talk about it. Hey, Todd, uh, Todd, uh, you have a broken leg. Enough said, you know, moving on or (laughs) yeah, moving on, glossing (laughs) over and moving on. Um, But the thing looking about this they're obviously they look like they're in like a submarine or something because it got like those metal, those like metal walls. I was thinking like like a cargo ship. Yeah. yeah, Okay. There you go. Cargo ship. But you've got, you know, the, uh, you're kind of halfway through on, on iconic looks for these X-Men characters because you still got the beast. He's not furry yet because it's the 60s. That happens in the 70s. He's wearing red and blue. They all have big belt buckles with an X on them. All different you, costumes. You don't, yeah, you don't, yeah. Where When they started, they had uniforms, you know? But yes. Cyclops has his more iconic look. It's the blue suit with the with the yellow accents with the gloves. Iceman is just ice, even though he's he's he basically looks like Chris star, you know, he's not like, he so, used to he look like a snowman. That was like yeah. the original creation. He looked like right. a snowman. And now you know, he just looks like a shoulders. I mean, she's just like right. rocking the shoulders thing. I don't and know. What's going the, on mo- the most colorful and kind of inappropriately is angel. Cause he's got red pants with lo- what look like red suspenders over a yellow shirt, red cuffs and a blue mask and his blonde, his bright blonde hair exposed. So, uh, he's the most garish of the original X-Men. So yeah, I, I, I appreciate uniforms. You know, I'm a, I'm a Star Trek guy. I'm a cosplayer. I like uniforms. There's nothing uniform about what's going on here. They're just like, Oh, we're all trying to stand out. Oh, and beast, of course, because he's a beast, he has gigantic feet. Doesn't have to wear shoes like the Hulk. Yeah. He was acrobatic and had big feet. I mean, it was just yeah. kind of like, I guess that's kind of a mutation. I, I mean, mean, he's yeah. just not, he's just, you know, what they say about big feet, Charlie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's not it no i don't very know. inappropriate um, and then i think it's appro- it's appropriate to read the letterbox here um direct quote and hopefully if you're looking at this on youtube you can read along yeah smiling smiling stanley edits the edifying enriches uh don heck uh, roy thomas dash don heck masterwork of mounting menace 
ameliorativelyly inked by George Tuska, alliteratively illustrated by Artie Simek. Lettered, yeah. Lettered. So extraordinarily. I don't know if they did this every issue, Charlie, but if they did, hats off that they still kill come up, come up with these type of alliterations and right. and things. But um, it is funny because, yeah, I don't remember when Stan and Jack moved off of the X-Men. I uh, think, but this is issue 40. Yeah. yeah and I'm the title cr- actually yeah. was canceled. Num- right. Number 66 was the last issue uh, yeah. of X-Men. Went on for reprints for 30, almost 30 issues. Wow. Yeah, because I remember there was a big aberration because it was issue 94, which took place after GS X-Men number one, where we got the all-new X-Men with Wolverine and um, mm-hmm. Nightcrawler and Storm into that whole group. And then the title actually started to take off because shortly thereafter, I think it was still Roy Thomas at that time, it was into the early 100s that you got Claremont and John Byrne, and then you got the real, real, real golden, real, real golden age of the X-Men for the next decade. Um, But yeah, this was, I mean, you know, those those first 60-something issues of the X-Men were pretty well known for launching some, some serious, some characters that really have some staying power, like, like the Mimic. (laughs) I think. And uh, we had the Masters of Evil. The Sentinels were launched in there. I mean, and I looked at it, and and it's funny because the last creative team on the book before it was canceled was fantastic. The art was amazing. But nobody nobody uh, was reading it, clearly. Absolutely. And I will give you just the – this was not actually Frankenstein. It was aliens (laughs) that created a cyborg and sent it down to Earth. It just happened to look like Frankenstein. (laughs) It is, yeah, down to the d- tattered cloth at all. Well, thanks for spoiling it for us. Uh, you can, you can uh, no doubt find this on Marvel Unlimited if you would like to know more. But one person I know who is an avid comic reader back in 1968, uh, even at a ripe old age of six, well, this was published on her birthday. Madam Webb's 68th birthday is when this came out. Uh, I am, uh, as I mentioned, talking about our senior news correspondent, Madam Webb, down at the corner of Hollywood and Vide, 123 years young, still bringing us the latest scoops with that news feature. Let's go. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. It's going to be an exciting time, Madam Webb. It's your time to shine. Oh my goodness. It's going to be fall, it's going to be leaves, and it's going to be Madam Web launching her line of pumpkin spice deodorant for the older set. Uh, oh. Get it now. Smell like a gourd, and you'll be loved forever. It reminds me of that horrible pumpkin spice ladies sketch from SNL. <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. So what do we got up here? We got, to, uh, and I love your headline. It kind of gives it all away. We have uh, the confluence of Snake Plissken, King Kong, and Godzilla. Uh, in a show uh, coming to Apple uh, and revealing first images where, when, of course, we talk about Snake Plissken, we're actually in reference to, obviously, Kurt Russell. Um, but a series called Monarch uh, is going to, the legacy of monsters is going to be set in the same universe as the Godzilla 2014, uh, Kong Skull Island, Godzilla, the King of Monsters, and Godzilla versus Kong. I feel like I've, I've seen three of the four of these. I feel like I've missed them. Oh, I've seen them all. I I've can't remember which one. Uh, and the upcoming sequel, Godzilla X. Oh, they're going X, not versus. So it's like X versus Sever or f- two X fast, X furious. <laughs> Was that one of those? V. X yeah, versus, versus v. v. X, X usually versus is v. a crossover, like team up. V right. is usually a versus. So, yeah. So it's a, so, oh, so the, oh, so they're teaming up. 
um, for a new empire. Think so. uh, uh, spanning three generations, the series follows a thunderous battle between Godzilla and the Titans at leveled San Francisco and tracks two siblings following in their father's footsteps to uncover their family's connection to the secretive organization known as the Monarch a la Hydra a la Cobra a la what's the one from DC? Argus? No, that was S.H.I.E.L.D. What was this? What Was there a secret society in DC Comics? Uh, I mean, you had the, 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 oh God, it was the, uh, oh God, it's the, the, the anti-Justice League. It was the, oh, I'm blanking on the name. The, the, oh, on Earth, uh, Earth I mean, you, seven was, the, yeah, I, yeah, oh boy. You know, here's a good time. Excess on Twitter. What the hell do they call it now? They're calling it. You can't tweet at somebody. Add, yeah, add us on, yeah, add us on Z on X and let us know what we're missing out on. But um, yeah, so uh, you know, the big start, yeah, Army Officer Lee Shaw played by Kurt Russell and his son Wyatt Russell in two different time periods. I did see this headline yesterday uh, from the 1950s and then 50 years later. So this is still really sad in the uh, sad in the time frame of uh, that original 2014 film. So uh, that's awesome series. Uh, uh, Chris Black co-developed series with Matt Fraction, very famous comic book writer, and Matt Shakeman, who I've heard his name thrown around about. It's on the tip of my tongue here. What's what's something he's been involved in? Oh, good question. I don't know. Um, I, I, I almost tell you. I, I almost um, feel like his name was tossed out there with something, one, maybe one of those Star Trek movies that didn't get picked up. But um, yeah, so uh, the series was ordered in 2022, and the Russells were cast in July. And as is the capper of every story we talk about, this is currently not being produced. Um, but it'll be great if it is someday because that, that actually sounds very exciting. Yeah. So it'll be it'll Everything's be on Apple. On yeah, it'll be on Apple. So another reason for me to renew my Apple when that comes around. So it's very cool. Yeah, it's it's it's. I didn't expect this to be on Apple. Quite honestly, I know we're getting a new uh, Kong Godzilla film too. So it's kind of weird that we're doing this in TV. So budgets could be a constraint, how it looks. Um, I do love the fact that people are like, well, this is how you do legacy casting. You just have to have an actor who has a young son who can look like him. I'm like, that doesn't happen very frequently. Yeah, exactly. That's not, <laughs> that's not, not, not random kids lying around. And you're like, Hey, you can be the new Luke or, you know, Harrison Ford. What is, what does his kids look like? Do we know? I mean, these kids, he these does, he, kids are going to be like 60. <laughs> he has a, a son who, uh, who is, but he's a, he's a painter or something. He's not in the business so well harrison um, ford was a car- carpenter charlie well there you go it's he's a, a tradesman of some variety so um this looks very cool i i'm excited about this and again i'll tune in i of course enjoyed uh the uh the wyatt russell as john walker uh in Mar- the marvel partners the u.s agent who's a, a character who's kind of a favorite of mine i i enjoyed you know falcon slash captain american the winter soldier that was super cool for me um so i will be happy to see this and i and i like this career resurgence that uh uh kurt russell seems to be having post uh guardians too yeah because it it seems like he was kind of mia for a very long time um and it's 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 cool seeing back i like it so i will give uh, you before we move on charlie i'll give you a little bit about matt shackman funny thing he was a child actor he was in that spinoff of growing pains called just the ten of us he was also in the oh i know that show strokes night court uh many other shows even good morning miss bliss was was which was the original saved by the bell which and he was also in webster which kid was he on the good morning miss bliss 
Was he one of the main I kids? Because they up. had it was just Zach and Screech, and then there were two or three other kids that didn't make the transition. Because remember, Good Morning Miss Bliss took place yeah. in, in Indiana. Saved by the Bell takes place in California. So Zach and Screech somehow moved together, or maybe Good Morning Miss Bliss wasn't canonical. Yeah, I, they said if you can find it on Peacock, the Saved by the Bell like reboot is actually really good. It's funny. It's self-deprecating. And Zach actually mentions like, like one day we just woke up, we were in Indiana. And next day we were in, we're in California. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> yeah. No, nobody needs to know. Yeah. I, you know, that's yeah. funny. If, if he's the kid, cause there was, there was a, there was, there was a girl and a boy. And I wonder if he was the yeah. boy. I don't know. Yeah. It, it was weird, but he is directing the fantastic four film, Charlie. So there we go. Okay. I knew yeah. that and I he knew directed that he WandaVision. Something. something yeah, he, he directed yeah, an yeah, episode yeah, yeah. of the boys, but he's, he's got a really long history in TV direction. Yeah. A lot of good stuff. So, um, that's yeah, great. Well, I this should be, this be great. Good deal. All right. I'm going to grab the next one. And then the one after that is all yours. Cause it's not of an interest of mine, but this seems super cool. And I was excited to see that this game will be available on PS4, which is a system that I have that I'm glad that they're still making something that I can buy. Oh yeah. Um, but this is a, what if uh, style game for the walking dead, uh, watch the trailer this morning, uh, which showed some, it said, you know, even had a tag at the bottom that says, you know, this is early footage may not reflect final product, blah, blah, blah. Um, but you see some scenes, from uh season two leading into season three of uh of the walking dead series from amc uh which involved you know the zombie apocalypse you have a small time georgia sheriff and his sheriff's deputy who's also his best friend that's rick and shane uh and the way you know if you've not seen it's been 10 years if you haven't seen it i know patrick is watching it right now our friend at hasbro but i'm sure he's seen this part um as you go through the end of season two shane kind of has a mental breakdown he tries to kill rick because essentially Shane is in love with Rick's wife and Rick has to then uh, in self-defense kill Shane. Um, and Shane then turns into a walker immediately comes back. And then Rick's young son, Carl has to, has to kill him a second time. This is very tragic, but the, the, the vignettes that you see within this trailer are reflective of, uh, scenes going through. And you see, uh, early in season three, they discover, uh, an abandoned prison. Well, it's not really abandoned. It's full of walkers, but there's nobody living there for the most part that becomes their refuge. But, you know, the, the captions go through and says, you know, Hey, you know, what if, you know, basically a, what if, so they, in this final scene in, in a field where you see that Shane pulls a gun on Rick's back and Rick turns around and then Rick has to move forward and knock the gun out of his hand. And he has to, he stabs Shane and kills him, flip the script. Rick knocks the gun aside, but Shane then stabs Rick and Rick is dead. And then, and then basically you see Shane making Rick's big Rick Tatorship speech at the, in the, the season finale of season two, you know, it's, this is not a, it's not a democracy. It's a Rick Tatorship. It's a Shane Tatorship, Shane, Shane Tater. Um, I'm very interested to see because Shane, Shane was really very unhinged. So I'd be very interested to see, uh, particularly to see how that scene played out because Carl was present. Did Shane have to kill Carl as well to keep his little mouth quiet? I don't know. I mean, and then you see the, the final flash, you see Rick come back as a walker and all this. And just like, so I'm, I'm very curious. Now we did, I do own, and I think we've dabbled with that first, uh, walking dead telltale game. Was it with a, they, they had, it was, uh, yes. they, they, t it was from the perspective of a pre-teenage girl and kind of her, you know, her journey. And it was one of those choose your own adventure deals because I, remember playing the first part of it and she's sitting in the back of a police car or something. And it was like, or maybe she's with her dad or something. Now I'm drawing a blank. And it's like, do you choose to a blah, 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 blah. Or you choose to do B blah, blah, blah. And then it's just that the game goes in different directions. So, yeah. 
Um, yeah, this looks pretty sweet. Uh, what are, what are, you know, and again, we just pulled up the trailer, so I don't have any details, but what are, what are kind of some of the details from when we might see this? So yeah, to your point, this is, so it's not the Telltale series, which is very acclaimed. Uh, the first season, trailer. Right, uh, right. just to, to reset it for you, it was, uh, a, a male lead who was in the, the police car, very much like the walking, uh, the, the last of us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He finds a girl yeah. and they form a relationship and he is essentially protector. Yeah. Um, that first season is really the main I played. I, and I heard it, it, it continued on with the story with the little girl later yeah. on. Clementine was her name. Okay. Um, but that was an offshoot more so tied to the comics than it was the TV series. Now this is specifically tied to the TV series, which is a unique take on it, which is great. Um, I did notice the voice talent is not the same, so they can get the actors, but they yep. have people yeah, playing yep. them, which is not uncommon as long as they can do a good enough version. That's probably okay. Um, and it is seasons right. one through four, so we're gonna get like some, you know, what happened after um, uh, this happens. We'll see. And I'm assuming, like a lot of the games, your choices will change where this goes. So it's not like there's not gonna be one canonical end to this. So I like it. I hope the actions good and it, i don't know if it's gonna be more action focused or it's gonna be like telltale where it's more like decision focused and maybe there's some quick time events uh but this is developed by flux games who made the cobra kai uh mm. games which i enjoyed but yeah. they are definitely beat-em-ups they're like it's like yeah. a little bit of story plays around with that universe they hit and all they have it's basically playing along with all of those pieces which i loved and it was a beat-em-up game because you've got cobra kai you're gonna beat people up yeah. uh but this I, I i think this could be good and it could be fun that's why i included it we normally don't talk about being like but this could be like it could get you in the door because you love the show yeah. so much I, you know, I've, I've always been looking for something, you know, it, while it's not my jam, I could really see. And because what if on the Marvel side has always been one of my favorite comics. I really enjoyed that animated series that Disney plus put out, a, a you know, a couple of years ago. So, yeah. So who's to say I do, I do love being able to turn something on its ear. Uh, and then, you know what, that's always been kind of my favorite, uh, access point for DC comics is their Elseworld stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, Batman Gotham by Gaslight, or what if Batman was a vampire or, you know, my favorite was John Byrne's Superman, Batman generations, where it starts in the 1930s and you watch them age dec decade by decade. And what did that look like? You know what I mean? So, yeah, so I dig this. So I will, um, I'll happily take a crack at this when it comes along, um, Cause yeah, I'd love, I'd love to see it. I'd love to, maybe I'll even come on your show and talk about playing it. Ooh, Who knows? Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. And that was the golden age of, of the walking dead for me. Um, so oh, you back to your time, we'll just bring people back to that touch point. So yeah, very, very correct. good. Good. Deal. Yeah. So uh, next story. Uh, yes. It's very much for me, but I don't know if you've got a history with uh, Scott Pilgrim, Charlie, you know, but, um, it, it was funny. Cause I meant cause April and I watched both these trailers before I came down here today. And I, Scott Pilgrim was just a big miss for me. I didn't, I, I just, I don't, even like the concept or oh, guys fighting for girls uh uh hand over these ex-boyfriends stuff and i'm just like this couldn't get more gen x if you tried it just it just didn't it just didn't grab me doesn't mean i don't okay. think other people don't have reasons to love it i just thought the whole concept of it just kind of annoyed me i guess for lack of a better term because you know what if she really liked him he wouldn't have to do that. And I just, I think it's bad message. Well, it wasn't the fact that he was, she was forcing him. It was the fact that he was going to get killed by these guys because they wanted her. He was just, he was just trying to defend himself. You know, and you know what? <laughs> and you know what the best defense is? Go date some other girl. Take off. Go read a book. Well, Charlie, <laughs> you know, I'm teasing. Oh, I'm as teasing. you know, your heart has taken you places. <laughs> yes. My, yeah. Well, exactly. Well, you see, and you see how that ended up for me. Scott Pilgrim, learn a lesson. Learn yeah, you a didn't lesson. have to worry about the ex-boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. Uh, okay. Ooh, oh my uh, moving on, but Scott Pilgrim is a 
a fan favorite uh, start off as an animated or sorry, a comic book series and these little books, which was great because it was kind of a neat little collection, uh, kind of tying into like a manga feel because manga, if you ever go to, you know, uh, Barnes and Noble, you pick them up. They're a little different. They're just different size than a regular trade paperback. And um, and it was also in black and white. This was Brian Lee O'Malley's way to get a book story out there about uh, Scott Pilgrim, who's kind of a loser in Canada, who uh, just <laughs> kind of a loser in Canada. Yep. Kind of a loser in Canada. And he was a part of a band, but he just had no direction in life. And all of a sudden he's dreaming. And in his dream, he meets a girl and you find out that this girl, this is where the book gets weird. You find out she's a delivery person, but she uses people's dreams to get to deliver the packages. But that's about where all that part goes. So it's like, it's not leading anywhere. That's just a weird thing to tell you. This story is, this story is going to go different places. And then he meets Ramona Flowers, who he just falls in love with. And the book has very much anime tropes, the way that people react, the reactions. Um, but it does follow the main, tr- uh, the, the, the main purpose of the comic is Scott. Uh, to have a relationship with Ramona, he's got to fight off nine ex-boyfriends who are all weird and goofy and strange. And then the cast of characters are just goofy and strange. They have their band and the music is a big part of it too. Um, just got a cult following. Uh, and then uh, we got the movie, which was very weird. Edgar Wright did the movie. Edgar Wright is right. fantastic. And he did a great job of duplicating all the effects all the sound, the feel, uh, great cast casting for all the characters with Michael Sarah. Uh, trying to remember which one. Um, you know, we got um, it was uh, Mary. We got Chris Evans as like the ex boyfriends, yeah. Jason well, Schwartzman. Mary Elizabeth Winstead was Ramona yes. Flowers, and now she is going Correct. to be Hera in Ahsoka next week. Absolutely. Yeah. So great cast. I mean, it's and it's goofy and fun. Um, some heart touching moments and. Um, there's a video game based on it. So it's become this heritage thing and they've reproduced the comics in color now. And the big news that we got is they're actually making an animated version of the, the, the comic series and they brought back all the cast. Everybody's still involved with the, um, yeah, I, I, I thought that. that that was pretty impressive because of the last bit of this trailer, they, they flash up a title card, basically a populating title card with all these names. I'm like, that's fantastic. Alison Pill is in there. She's from Picard. And I saw Mary Elizabeth Winstead is back. I assume Sarah is back as well. I mean, I, it all happened so fast. I didn't get them all, but those were the couple of names I grabbed. So, uh, oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great. And they're doing the voices. So it's, this is a love letter. You wouldn't get these people back to do this type of project unless they really enjoyed those characters and they're right. training on it working. And then Edgar Wright's coming back as a executive producer because he's not an animated guy. He doesn't know how to do that. So he's hired some great people. It's on Netflix. Um, and this is coming out November 17th, 2023, oh, wow. eight episodes, wow. which is it's great. An- it's an actual thing uh, that is going to be yeah. actual content that you can actually watch regardless, unless Netflix I, goes, I, out, go, goes out of business between now and then. <laughs> well, animated stuff is kind of handled differently than yeah. everything else. So we could get more. An- and, and that would be the only good thing about the strike is maybe people are going to go and do animated stuff and get more projects done on that template, um, which could be good to give them work when they're struggling. Yeah. Like writers, give them work too. Um, but we'll yeah, see. Um, and yeah, I think this is capturing the eight volumes. So we're getting eight episodes, which is great. And and uh, they captured the look of the uh, of the anime or the the manga, which is great. So I'm excited about this. Um, and if you are to check it out, and if you're new to it, uh, there's definitely many ways to get into it because the movies out there, the comics, and then obviously this. So very excited wow. for this and the fans of it. 
Interesting. All right. Well, moving into another story. So Disney's trying to change things up a bit. And I'm kind of curious as to why, even though my uh, explanation was, well, maybe they just, uh, maybe Secret Invasion ruined Wednesdays. <laughs> they can't drop content on Wednesdays anymore. But uh, this upcoming week, uh, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, tomorrow on Wednesday, no, excuse me, today, same as day. you're listening same, to this. Same night. Actually, ours will same, come out in the morning yeah. and the yeah. will be out at night. Exactly. We're talking about Ahsoka. Yeah. Uh, now where uh, all pretty much all of Disney and Lucasfilm and then also the Marvel stuff has t- typically dropped on Wednesday night slash uh, morning. So you get up first thing in the morning, the day, whatever it is, you watch it. Um, now the first two episodes of Ahsoka will stream today, August 22nd, 2023, if you're listening to this in real time, uh, at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it's funny, I'll be on the road, so I'll be in my hotel. I'll plug in my Roku, and uh, to, I will watch these two episodes of Ahsoka before I before I hit the hit the sheets. Um, and then the following six, and st- six episodes, so over the next month, uh, oh no, excuse me, six weeks, so there's going to be eight episodes? I, th- I thought it was six. So I don't know, but anyway, either six or eight. This makes it sound like six. We'll also we'll come know. out on the, well, we will canceled know. halfway through, Charlie. We don't know. Disney it will sell be. it off. We'll never so, see it again. Uh, yeah. So anyway, those will um, will come out at that time. So um, yeah, it says, it says right now, I don't really necessarily know why. Um, this article goes on to say, you know, this is this is a, a move by uh, move by the streamer for expense expecting to watch shows in the dead of the night rather than prime time. Well, that's dumb. I just, people just, the, the whole purpose of streamers. I think is this is smart, Charlie, because I think yeah, people yeah. want to wake up at three o'clock in the morning or wait till it drops. People, I mean, Game of Thrones I, it came out I, a certain time. People I have, to watch yeah. It when it was fresh. I have never gotten up at three o'clock in the morning to watch anything, but I agree with you. No, you get up at 5 a.m. and watch it. <laughs> well, I don't get up at 5 a.m. to watch it. I get up at 5 a.m. because my cat's like, you know, we get yeah. used to getting up at 5 a.m. But regardless, yeah, you're right. It, it does dip its toe back into a, a model of, of days of yours of must see TV. And you're right. HBO did that for us for Game of Thrones. They did that for The Last of Us. They're like, I mean, I put it on our calendar. Boom, 10 p.m. Sunday night. We're watching the show um, mm-hmm. or 9 p.m., whatever it was. But yeah, you know, Ahsoka is incredibly uh, sought after viewing. Everybody's been looking forward to this, particularly as we're heading into a content drought. But this is um, a full blown revival of. Uh, Star Wars Rebels, which is a great series uh, that many of us enjoyed that aired between uh, 2014 and 2019 or 2020. I'm trying to remember. I know it came out in 2014 mm-hmm. uh, and it was one of it one was one of the one of, if not the very first um, Disney Star Wars projects, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so this is very exciting. Yeah. So as I'd mentioned, uh, you've got a cast, uh, including Rosario Dar- uh, Dawson, you know, reviving the titular role uh natasha bordizzo bordiz bordizzo as sabine uh mary elizabeth winston as i had mentioned is going to be hera the not the late ray stevenson is balon skull the villain um as well as a cast of some other folks including laros mickelson as grand admiral thrawn so uh and again reprising the role from the animated series so very exciting um and uh, yeah i love the the last line of soko will launch exclusively on disney plus on august 23 crossed out 22 (laughs) with two episode premiere why why not use a yeah why not uh, repurpose an article charlie just let you know i am doing my homework before good so gotcha so I've looked at all the articles, like what article, what episode should you watch before? So I've, right. I've wrapped up 
Clone Wars because there were some episodes in there that I watched. Yeah, yeah. Watching the Tales of the Jedi. I'm not watching the one where she's a baby. I could care less about when she's a yeah, baby. Yeah, it was, it was no care. Didn't care Moving for it. Uh, and then I'm going to watch the Rebels pieces because um, I enjoyed the Rebels far more than Clone Wars. Um, I agree. I it's agree. funny because uh, I did finish those Clone Wars episodes, and I thought those were really good. That, that, I think there's that, far, far yeah. less good episodes of Clone Wars than great ones, and I'd yeah. rather watch the good ones. Well, that last season, and again, we, we talked about this extensively on Holocron. We won't be talking about this on Holocron. Mark, my partner, very strong convictions about not talking about this during the strike. I respect that. That's okay. Todd, you and I uh, are do feel free to move forward and talk about this, so we will uh, in this context. Um, but yeah, that last three or four episode three. arc yeah, uh, three, in, Cl- in Clone Wars, uh, where we see where Ahsoka was when Order 66 dropped, we've talked about that um, on a, more than once, obviously over in Holocron as being, I think some of the, some really some of the finest star Wars programming that has existed, particularly in this postmodern age. Um, yeah, that, that's really a classic. And I would, if I didn't have so much other stuff to watch between now and Tuesday, I'd probably go back and watch it myself or I may after the fact. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is very exciting. Um, you know, I, live action star Wars has been kind of a mixed bag after Mando season two Mando season three was a meh. nobody that I know except the most diest of diehards really loved the book of Boba Fett. Obi-Wan had its moments, but overall to me, it was, it was, it was kind of a playing with fire canonically and I'm a Canon guy. And even if it wasn't playing with fire canonically, it, the story wasn't as strong as it could have been. Um, this is, Todd, I know in particular what you really embrace is getting beyond Return of the Jedi, you know, telling a great story, but not having it hamstring by, oh, we're going to step over this. We're going to step over that because um, you have that nice 30 year buffer between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens where a lot of different stuff could happen. You know, for example, people say, oh, how could Luke Scott, you know, they they it was a missed opportunity that Luke didn't have, you know, Mary Jade and then he had a son. Well, you know what? In 30 years, how do you know he didn't have a wife and a kid and they both died or they ran off or whatever? No, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff can happen in 30 years. So, you know, why do you think Luke was, you know, so sad in The Last Jedi? Probably because he lost more than just his school of Jedi stuff. He probably lost his wife and kid and dog and cat and love cat and all kinds of stuff. It's a big mess. But anyway, yes, I'm, I'm very excited about this and yeah, good for, uh, good for them locking onto the must see, uh, model that, that HBO has really nailed so much. So, yeah, yeah I think yeah. Disney plus when they originally launched, I think they did Fridays. So they changed because oh, Wednesday okay. wasn't the original date. They moved to Wednesday starting with a certain show. I can't remember which one. So they've moved their release dates around. So, yeah. I mean, I, I can see, you know, I, I can certainly see it from both ways. The, and I think all ways are good in their own way. The only thing that, that I'm not crazy about, um, and you and I've talked about this quite a bit is a streamer that will drop everything at once because you will get binge happy people that will binge a six episode or 10 episode something in a weekend and then it, it never exists again it's gone oh yeah i watched all of sabrina the teenage witch and it was fine and then you just never or they'll spoil it, it. and then yeah, you're exactly. like thanks for that right i was gonna watch Wait. it tomorrow when i don't have to work and have a job and support myself yeah exactly so yeah it's it's a lot uh easier to avoid spoilers a week at a time than it is 
you know, a day, a day at a time. So, so this is cool. Tune in. And again, Todd, uh, I know you and I will be talking about this uh, probably next week on the show. So, okay. To wrap it up, uh, this is a, this is a gag headline that I was just, I was, I was, I was looking to, to pad our, our news segment a little bit, but I, I had to grab this for the headline itself. The flash max reveals streaming premiere for in quotes, the greatest superhero movie ever made subtext the biggest cinematic failure of all time um yes uh yeah earlier today we brushed news that uh flash concluded its box office run with a dismal 268 million dollars worldwide now ranking amongst the biggest superhero box office flops ever made i thought it was literally the biggest box office failure of all time 200 million dollars is there anything bigger than that I don't know. would have to do research. Obviously, yeah. money and time have no reason anymore. So um, I'm sure like Cutthroat Island was apparently the biggest one for a long, long time. And Right. Yeah. Um, in the 90s. Yeah. Red, yeah. Rennie Harlan. And uh, it kind of killed Gina Davis's career, that one. Yeah. Because imagine uh, the budget of Flash now, what it would have been, you know when cutthroat island came out in the 90s yeah half half a billion dollars so Uh, if that was uh the biggest disaster for a long time i'm guessing just because of inflation it's pushed this up so movies aren't getting movies apparently are not getting any cheaper which makes every movie a huge risk for studios these days because well it's all it's all it's all the tilt of the roi you know which what you get in versus what you get back did they actually call it the where did it say it was the greatest super movie that that is somewhere it's it's in the it's in the headline uh, in quotes, I know so it's in I, the headline, I, but I is it actually if, on HBO Max where they say that? I don't think. I, 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 don't I, I understand. I, this. I, yeah, I just don't know if they're being satirical, but it, it grabbed my attention. We've talked about this, but like I said, this is just my point. Oh, because is that Tom Cruise? Is that the quote Tom Cruise gave it? Oh God, you're right. Now, but you're right. I don't believe it's actually attributed uh, in here. No, I see nothing um, in here unless someone said it somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait. Okay. There we go. Uh, even new DC uh, CEO James Gunn got into the action, uh, describing the movie, which is 64% on Rotten Tomatoes, as being amongst the greatest superheroes ever made with an asterisk. It's not. The movie is terrible. <laughs> Oh, we we have this thing die and just move on. Yeah, we have cracked the Da Vinci Code. We will let it die because that is the end of the news, friends. But I thought I'd leave you with that. It's time to get out that Fuber app, that Feeble Uber app. Got to get down to Skugtown, Nastyville, the Geek Easy awaits for us to talk about stuff we're enjoying. So let's go. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting the Geek Easy, cover bands playing, drinks are poured, and we are ready to get our nerd on. And I will start this week with a movie that, I don't know how many people will see this movie, but um, I will say this, as someone who did see this movie, Blue Beetle, I highly enjoyed it. Um, and I think this movie, right. unfortunately, has the stink of bad DC movies. Yeah, uh, it's going it's, it's to hurt just, it. Yeah. People are, are writing this movie off like six months ago. So I'm like, with all of that gloom and doom, I don't know how you turn anything into success unless good word of mouth gets out about it. And it changes people's minds. But it's Could August, be. and people yeah. are not in prime movie scene. They're going to go to the cabin one more time. They're going to do these things. Um, yeah. So, um but beyond that, I don't really care how well it does. Um, I care if it's good or bad. And I thought yeah. this movie was one of the better DC movies I've seen in some time. Um, I think it captures what makes a superhero movie work and make it better than just the origin or the superpowers or the fight scenes. And that's capturing characters in a positive life, giving them a, a, a 
something you root for within them. And I thought that's where this movie succeeded. Blue Beetle, the director is, um, he's Latino. And this is a primarily almost all Latino cast, except for Susan Sarandon <laughs> shows up for the ride. Um, and it really harnesses in on Mexican culture. It's f- all fully throughout this film. And uh, this is focusing on Jaime Reyes, who is essentially the third version of Blue Beetle. This uh, he this version of uh, Blue Beetle launched in 2006 or 2007. Oh, okay. So it's so been around very, a long time. Recent. Okay, gotcha. Exactly. Yeah. And so this is really the first um, live action superhero film with a uh, Latino character uh, from a live action lens. Um, we know Miles Morales. He has, uh, he's got a mom who's, uh, I think, Dominican? remember yes she's she's yes yes yes. uh and her dad is african-american so mixed but the heritage of that character is really a part of it too why it makes it so successful um with blue beetle same thing here it's all about the family we get the the each of the family members are fun uh loving uh goofy and george lopez he's amazing in this movie i was was worried he was gonna bring george lopez and just make it bad he is great he is having so much fun in this and everybody is having so much fun in this movie um that i really appreciate and that's what the heart of this movie the characters their relationships are really good where this movie stumbles though is in i would say more of the tropes where it's a we've kind of seen hero origins before i wish they would have done a better job with the uh you know the deus machina of the blue beetle itself um i wish they would have established that part a little bit better um i think susan sarandon uh while i appreciate a good actress being in this movie they didn't do her any favors with good scripting of her or her mm-hmm. motive it was a pretty yeah. much very light um, well, that's, and, like when because you and i were talking about this yesterday you brought it right back to thinking about the meg 2 which i saw last week is that we had just the paper thinnest of villains you have a a, a greedy corporate mucking muck and a female villain who literally just says i'm doing this for money because i want money i like money 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 and then you had the blonde lab tech with glasses that we thought was on our side and then she takes her glasses off and she's a bad guy and she's evil and she's like i'll kill all of you because i like money it sounds like it was yeah. maybe somewhat similar it's, it's a little bit of that yeah i mean it, it kind of reminds me of um Obadiah Stane in you oh know, there you go yeah the character she's I, like so I like money, I like money and I like power yeah exactly so a little bit of that but um and then the main antagonist uh can't remember what his name was basically they brought in the OMAC term which is this th- character thing from the late sixties which is essentially it's no a I even I heard of it, yeah. Uh, yeah it's 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 a long term so I, I appreciate they bring in those some of those things yeah and then the main bad guy you see fighting Blue Beetle is uh he's not bad. And I think they redeem that character. So he's not one note at the end, which I appreciate. So I think it was a really good, um, they did a good job bringing in heritage blue beetle as well as part of the story. So covering generations of it. Um, and it was fun. And I thought this movie, uh, but once again, it, it still struggled a little bit in some spots, but overall very pleased with it. I think it's, and, and it's being, it's well reviewed right now. I think it's 75% Rotten Tomatoes. A lot of people love it. And they notice that they, they notify you of the issues that it has, but I think, it's it's Charlie. This is like in the Shazam, but better than Shazam territory for me because I think they do the villains better. Yeah. So um, that would put it in that lens, and I I hope because there's now this is not a spoiler. This has nothing to do with the DCU. You know, they don't. They mention some characters, but yeah, there's nothing ba- to say this character couldn't move. Yeah, Batman got a mention. He said, "Oh, Batman, blah blah," and George it doesn't say like, "Oh, Batman's Batman like is my favorite yeah. Batman." Yeah. Oh yeah, come right up. <laughs> 
Go, go out and buy Batman comics and action yeah. figures and, and other associated merchandise. And there's no cameos from those characters. So uh, this That's is good. this feels That's like good. you could take this character and take him there and no one would care because if he's a good character and, and Zolo, uh, I'm trying to remember his last name. Uh, it's Miguel from credit kid. He was great yeah. in this. He was so energetic, so fun. So, yeah. um, That's awesome. other than that, uh, I would say there's one mid credits, uh, thing, which I think is decent. The last one's just dumb. It's like one of yeah. those ones they do at the end. I'm like, why did I stay for this? It was dumb. Right. But, uh, other than that, I would say if you want to see a movie with your family, that's superheroes, I think there's a lot of fun. That's cool. And even Good if not, you want kids, but it'll be in HBO Max eventually too. So I would check yeah. it out there. Don't let the stink of DC uh, get in the way um, of it. And I hope this character returns. Nice. Good deal. Good deal. All right. And you, you're, you uh, are going to touch upon something that we will not yes. be, we're, we're, we're kind of stretching a little bit over on code 47. Yeah, you guys need content for, yeah, we, need, we need content. <laughs> and then I was lucky enough to uh, lucky slash unlucky because we had a little break when we were at Star Trek Las Vegas, but we, April and I did record a little 35 minute blurb about our experience there, which is out now, uh, now in the code 47 feed, if you want to check it out, but strange new worlds had its finale last week, last week, the week before. It was last week. week before uh, last, I think it was weeks. the week before. Yeah, because yeah. I was behind because I watched the musical the week after that. And yeah, and I watched the finale. And Charlie, let me just tell you, I know you've seen these all and you've had them and you've been doing the PP dance so excited about talking about this. But uh, I think you're spot on. The season is uh, fantastic. Superior. It builds on what was great yeah, and makes it, it yeah. even better. Um, some of the character addition. Uh, uh, at, Additions, ADD, not ED <laughs> additions, have been really great, especially with, um, I think it's out there. I don't think we have to worry about spoiling it. Um, it. Well, I don't know. A certain character from the Heritage TOS yes. is finally brought in, and I loved how they did it. I thought the character was great, uh, or the actor playing the character was great. And For, this yeah. essentially... And the character is the character is Montgomery Scott, Scotty. Sorry. Yes. Uh, but again, two weeks gone by, I figure either you're watching or you're not. Um but um, it's it's interesting. I, I think they nailed it. First Scottish character or actor to play the role. There's been three. Um, Jimmy Doohan is Canadian. Uh, Simon Pegg is an Englishman. And then this gentleman whose name is going to escape me, but it's on the tip of my tongue. Scotty Scotsman. Scotsman he, he's, he's a Scot. So, yeah, he did great. He's play, portraying uh, Lieutenant Scott, uh, who is not part of the Enterprise crew. But it's interesting. This has gotten the gear shifting with me. And this is something that you're going to find a little bit later in the year when we get done talking about lower decks, which we're going to jump right into on code 47. I'm going to posit to my team, you know, I feel like we've got all the play, all, all the markers in place to basically reboot TOS. You know, we've got, we have, we have oh, actors, wow. we have actors. Wow. So my, and again, as a hypothetical, I'm going to say, and I, I would love to get feedback from this, uh, from the social media community. So if you're listening to me, feel free. If you were to pick each of the three seasons of the original series, first season had 30 episodes. Second one was, it was, it was, I think 24 and 24, the other two, give me 10 that you would love to see remade with this new cast. Give me your 10 best and, and what would make them different? Because yeah, we now have... Kirk, Spock, Chapel, who was the the eighth, you know, utility player of that because she came in and out, but again, wasn't really part of the regular cast because your only actual build cast in the original series was Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. The rest of them were guests were were also starring. But yeah, now we have now we have Scotty, and we just need a Sulu and a Chekhov and a McCoy, and we've got the whole gang. So yeah, I, 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 think I would that's be curious. Where, yeah, so and and um. I did want to take Charlie Chris Johns, who we've had on before. I mentioned that he's never gotten into it. I got him into 
Strange Worlds. He's in. I, He's really I got enjoying it. My my barber, uh, Rob, who is no, who is at uh, Forest Hills Barber right here in Grand Rapids. It's a geek themed barbershop. His stuff is wall to wall Star Wars comics and stuff. But I, I went in there late last year when I was doing my first um, my first uh, Strange Worlds photo shoot with my cosplay friends. I said, "Give me the pike, make my hair tall, give me the pointy sideburns." And I kept going back, and he kept doing it and doing it. And he said, "I finally watched your show. I finally sat down and watched your show, and I love it because yeah, like like we've been talking about here, it's a great." easy access point while it's it's it, a, a lot of the nods and the winks that you get to the original series and and the franchise they've given some love to enterprise in this they're giving love to lower decks in this because they had a whole episode about it um but it is still just easy viewing for a, a civilian somebody who's not a, somebody who's not a trekker so yeah and anyway but anyway we i know we've really steered this in an opposite direction because you're talking about the finale so, so yeah so we can get back to the actual episode at hand um i love the fact that they've elevated the gorn to something we had no clue they would be that big of a threat. Oh, absolutely not. Um, he's, he's, not he's not wearing this sparkly uh, cocktail dress not that you see in the original yeah, series. Not, not yeah. <laughs> now bring and them you know, back, just put glittery eyes, yeah. And you know, that was that Vasquez Rocks, that was a location that April and I visited when we went to yeah. L.A. back mm-hmm. earlier this year. Um, and it looks just like that, though it obviously yeah. still 60 years removed, but whatever. Uh, but I love it. I, I, I love that, you know, there's things to tap in that did not get touched upon. They're bringing them back as a bigger threat, which I love yeah. uh, that you can do is make, you know, just don't go back to the Klingons again. Don't go back to the Romulans again. Right. Do something new. And this is great. Something we know, and they've elevated them as well. And I'm curious, and I and what I liked about this, and this is kind of spoilery for the last episode, is it does hang, it ends on a cliffhanger. And I love that because TNG used to do that. They were like, oh, right. oh my God, what's going to happen are, next people season? People are, are likening this to the season three uh best of both worlds cliffhanger with the borg yeah. which you know left people for now it left them for a whole summer uh knowing the three months later mm. that they would get a conclusion we are now left with over a year likely or more or more till we to see a conclusion yeah. to this so yeah it left us with you know the enterprise besieged by gordon vessels you know stuff's blown up sideways um our away party got beamed up but they were beamed up by the gorn so we don't know what's happening to them with where the, or, or if they're alive you know um so yeah it's just a lot of and then we find that captain patel who's captain kirk's uh or captain pike's girlfriend uh is is in in fact she's you know ripley an alien three alien look at that in Alien 3, uh, she's infected with Gorn eggs, and they're trying to save her life. And it's just, oh, there's a lot of moving parts. But, yeah, it's like a, this is going to be like a uh, like a long-awaited sequel. It, it could be it could be like, you know, the end of Empire Strikes Back. You know, you're like, oh, we're going to wait. Yeah. I, hopefully we're not waiting three years to see the end of this. So, yeah, yeah it was and, wild. They just they just really nailed it. And I'll be watching it again, obviously, when we're talking about it on the show. But I um because we were on the road, I actually just watched it on my laptop. So I'm looking forward to watching it again on a big screen. Um, cause I watched our screener, um, just cause I'm like, well, I can't wait. And plus I, you know, I, I, I just, you know, it was too excited. I had to see it. Yeah. So, uh, Charlie, now that this is done from a live action perspective, is that's from more of my wheelhouse, um, mm-hmm. is discovery coming next? Is that now, is it confirmed going to launch or is it delayed? It, too? Now it is completed because I remember, okay. um, back in, in February, uh, on the cruise, Doug Jones was on the cruise with us. He actually got the, well, the show's going to end call, uh, one of those days. Yeah. Cause it happened in the morning and then he had a panel later in the day and he'd let us all, all know that, that that was actually in the news had broken and all that kind of stuff. So, um, there were some reshoots that happened earlier this year, uh, in Toronto where they shoot the show. And as it's to be understood, the show was polished off and was 
potentially lined up for a February launch, but with, with strikes and stuff, does that get moved around? Does it happen later? Do you see the Paramount people push it out to later in the year because they want to have something or do they just not want to have this great desert? So I, who knows, you know, I just, uh, yeah, I'm not sure, but or, or, I think originally the plan was, you know, February, uh, basically within the same time frame of when we were seeing Picard, which dropped in February and then it ran through, um, early April ish. So, that was the original plan. Well, you know, we'll see if it holds out. Yeah, we've been spoiled with so much Star Trek content, and I just worry yeah. about the strike. It's gonna, it's gonna derail some of that momentum. And uh, yeah. we do have, uh, we have uh, the Academy show was, was yeah, was the yeah, which one. is poof, and then the yep. the Section Thirty One film with Michelle Yeoh. That's right. Um, were were two you know new projects that they were talking about, but yeah, Picard is over. Discovery is going to be over. Uh, you know, Strange and Worlds and Prodigy's well, hopefully in yeah, yeah tra- well, Prodigy is in, in limbo. It has the second season, and so we were talking about this at the chapter meeting last night it has a second season which is great but somebody has to buy it and put it on and all these companies are going are to start flagging with with viewership declining and, and basically people not subscribing so yeah it's it's tough we could be heading into essentially another dark age uh for star trek which is unfortunate but um hopefully we will recover we always have as trekkers we always have we've always say, bounced yeah, back it's, it's this is not a new concept of yeah. uh maybe a gap but um, yeah I think we're in better hands now than we have been in the past when there has been yeah. a gap. True. We true, true, know. true. Oh, awesome. Okay. Well, uh, I don't have a ton this week cause I, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, we, the shows that we were watching kind of went poof, but, um, I've really been digging on GI Joe lately. I don't know what, what's, what sprung me back into it. I kind of go in phases and this is a phase of mine right now. Um, but I've always, you know, I love the classic Marvel series written by Larry Hamer. I ran 155 issues between 1982 and 1994. And uh, IDW in the early 2000s, when they, they acquired the property, split those um, that original series into 15 volumes of essentially 10 issues, give or take uh, a little bit. So I was like, man, I'm going to start reading these again. And I blasted through volumes one through four. And I go, well, I had to make sure I got this lined up. And I didn't remember if through Comixology Unlimited I had purchased them or I simply read them because I was there. But I went to look and I realized that they're not the, the ones that I didn't already have set aside are gone. And I'm frantically searching and I'm Googling what happened to him. They said, well, you know, the license expired. There was an article back from June that said, and I think we talked about it here, Skybound is picking them up. And in November, there's going to be a new uh, a new Heritage number one or an issue 301 that gets published. Larry Hamer is back. And, oh, at this time, Skybound is going to re-engage with older content or whatever it is. Um, but I got to the end of uh, the fourth volume, which was, you know, episode... Uh, or no, I, I started into the fourth volume, uh, number 39 or whatever. And then that was it. And then as I look, I have, I have volumes eight, nine and 16. So I get to, <laughs> I get to jump through those. Hoops. I must've purchased them at some point, but it's killing me. And so, it, it, and then when I look on eBay, even if I wanted to start over again, uh, with the print volumes, they're now three, four, five, ten times as much as they were. So I'm kind of I'm kind of screwed. I was in one of my local comic shops here locally, Argos Books, which was my comic shop since I was ten. Um, new new ownership in the last few years. They have you know two three dollar bin. I picked up a couple of well, possibly actually one of the other titles, uh, GI Joe Special Missions, which was their spinoff back in the back in the. Uh, 
back in the late eighties, I picked up the first two issues and came home. I realized I had a trade paperback with the first four issues. So <laughs> I didn't really get anywhere. I found one issue of basically their handbook guide, which is called the GI Joe order of battle. And then I found issue number 64. Uh, and I picked all those up. So I'm like, yeah, it's not really very helpful because I need anything. That's, beyond- a comic, that's a comic con like yeah. mission there for you, I need, Charlie, I need anything. Yeah. Yeah. I need anything issue 40 on. I need to find her yeah. with the exception of uh, I, I opened up volume six and it was or volume six or volume seven. And it was started with issue 71 or something. So I have yeah. the seventies and the eighties, but I got to jump around. So I was going to hit it's some a, other comic shops and I was going to start scouring and see what turns up. Yeah. But, it's a weird um, one because uh, transformers are also part of that deal with Hasbro because they yeah. are, and then they went to skybound and uh, you know, transformers in the same boat, like the IDW stuff. I don't think a lot of that stuff is ever coming over because yeah. it, well, it's, it's like, so much like of other things. Yeah. Well, it's like the, the Indiana Jones, the Marvel stuff. I, when I knew they were coming out with this next movie, I'm like, Oh man, this is going to be my chance to snag that on digital. It was 34 issues. That was between 1982 and 1985. I was very excited about it and it did not come back. Now I'm fortunate that I did hobble together all 34 issues. I have them in print, but they're single issues. They're in a comic box the bottom of a closet in my bedroom and i just i never get them out they're not accessible i need one and enjoy stuff that's digital because i travel i'm not going to lug comic books with me when i travel i'm going to have my tablet and i'm sitting read them you know the same way i read yep. our stuff for spinner rack so so that kind of bums me out so um i'll put it out there to our fan community um if you're in a comic shop and you see an issue of marvel gi joe please let me know uh because i might be interested in sending a couple of quat to ship that to me because i would i would like i would like to solidify a print library of those comics at some point um just to have them for all time so um other than that uh we i don't even know how we got into this but my wife is a long lifelong uh fan of stephen king um so we were talking about something that led us into watching uh the shining earlier this week and then i turned on its uh sequel which was dr sleep which came out in 2019 ewan mcgregor was the star but also uh, rebecca ferguson was the villain um and i forgot just what a great flick that was todd did you ever watch that one no, I didn't. I probably should because I, 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 I enjoy I I, Stephen I really King stuff. Yeah. yeah, I really like that. So that kind of led us down. In uh, my Fandango voodoo, I have a lot of little lists. And anytime I acquired something Stephen King, I kind of lumped them together. So we watched, we watched Cujo, which was a terrible I don't know if it was a bad story, but it was just, it was a really poorly produced movie, but D Wallace was the star. The kid who played Jonathan on who's the boss was the kid. And I, and, and I, there were really, there were a, a lot of the, Hey, it's that guy, but it was one of those who was filmed in Canada. So it's a lot of like, Hey, it's that guy from that Canadian thing. Um, but uh, we, we tuned into and, and watched for the first time in a long time, the Shawshank redemption. And Oh my God, what, what an amazing flick that is. It, it has not, there are no horror elements to it. It is a purely human driven drama. It's obviously uh, uh, back in the late 1940s is a, a banker in Portland, Maine, who's falsely accused of murdering uh, his adulterous wife and her lover. He's sentenced. What to is two- this movie again? I've never heard of it before. Charlie. No, no. Is this a shark or two? From 1984? <laughs> so, 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 this is the yeah. movie that's always on TBS every yeah. day. Well, that was, yeah, and yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. If, if you read the history of it, it was, it was not a uh, commercial success in the, no theaters but tnt bought it and then it's it's like the blues brothers it's been on every, all the time but anyway goes prison you know starts a friendship with the character played by morgan freeman blah 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 great flick um and yeah i, I can't believe i've met anybody who's an adult who's not seen it we also watched now it's going to escape me oh my other favorite weirdly low 
what looked low. It, it looks low. It looks kind of low budget at the time because a lot of it's CGI that doesn't translate. But uh, Frank Darabont's uh, version of The Mist is one of my favorite Stephen King movies, and it's not even necessarily great. And it's really it's very heavy handed in some of the dialogue and, and things like and a lot of the characters. But it's a lot of if you enjoy. Frank Darabont stuff, which he also made the Shawshank Redemption. You've got a lot of the same actors that you see in The Walking Dead. Jeffrey Demon. You got the actress who plays Andrea. You've got uh, Sam Witwer is in it. Uh, you've got uh, Bill Sadler is in it. So, <clears throat> but a lot of it is kind of super heavy-handed, and it follows a lot of Frank. You know, Frank Darabont kind of has his own book of tropes for dialogue and things like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a redneck, but you're college educated, and I think you're an idiot. But the college educated guy is right because then the kid gets killed by the alien or whatever. So it's just it's a cool story i like it if you haven't seen it i i own those but i'm sure if you again visit you know just watch.tv if you're looking for something on streaming that's where you find it but i i dig that movie i dig that very, one so anyways that's what that's what we've been doing yeah most of the shows we're watching have ended so we don't have a lot of new stuff that's on our regular rotation so looking for new stuff always uh we're watching community right now april's never seen it and we're getting into the later seasons where episodes that i think i haven't seen like we, we saw the one this morning that was the 8-bit video game one i messaged you and john about it it was the the village of Hawkthorn or something you know what i'm talking about it was after you know i community i watched so long ago i don't remember what i saw and what i didn't i mean the exact same spot i could have seen it but i just don't remember but anyway that's fun so yeah stephen king movies um they're they're a mixed bag uh some of them were tv movies really poorly made but some of them like i said shawshank are are enduring classics for all time so no silver bullet charlie (laughs) that is another one that we have because i bought like a stephen king you can buy these like bundled eight packs or six packs that was one of them i know i've seen it i don't have maximum overdrive the truck with the green goblin face on it yes yes yeah yeah Yeah. All right. So anyway, all right. Well, that is the end of the geekies. It's time to get out that air quantum. Whoa, my camera. Sta- oh, I stepped on a cable. That's why. Whoops. Sorry. Sorry, YouTube viewers. Uh, time to get out that air Qantas app. It's time to get ourselves down to the land down under hologram Tina and the mutants await for our deliberations about the fall movie preview. Let's do it. Welcome to another edition of Thank you, Tina. The mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week, we're talking about the fall movie preview. When we talk about fall, it's really September through all through December. Um, that's just the way it works, folks. We don't make up these rules with the seasons of movies and the seasons of the weather climate cycle. Uh, but with that, um, it's going to be a weird one because a lot of these are going to be TBD because they may go away. We don't know what the strike, the, the, the studios right. moving content out so they have something right. in 2024 to actually right. show. Uh, but we'll assume at this point these are all coming out. So at this point, we know things have already moved. We know like Craven's moved and things. So the list we've got has been updated like two weeks ago. So it should be fairly accurate to everything we do know is still confirmed. So Charlie, um, we'll do this little tag team. We'll try to filter out anything that doesn't seem like it's in our wheelhouse and go from there. So um, Equalizer 3. This is the movie I just mentioned where I said I have to watch the first two. Uh, This is Denzel Washington essentially as a uh, specialist who's really good at killing things. Anton Fuqua uh, is the director. These movies are uh, really l- beloved. And the latest trailer I saw looked really, really cool. So um, nice. I think I'm going to ha- try to catch up on those movies so I can see this one in the theater. Good deal. Oh, now I saw a trailer for this one, The Nun 2. I'm sure I saw The Nun 1. Um, oh, it says, I'm looking at the where it says TBD. All the things say 
rating TBD, not not release date TBD. So these actually are coming out. So this will be out on September 8th. Now it's got Bonnie Aaron's not a name that I recognize, but uh, Tessa DeFarmiga is the younger sister of um, the uh, the older one. Vera. Know. Vera Farmiga, who has uh, been in The Conjuring. Not the, you know, I always, we always mix up The Conjuring and The Insane. She, that's The Conjuring. Oops. It's Ed and Lorraine Warren, and she's Lorraine Warren. Um, it's yeah. So this is this is another jump scare. But again, you know, are we missing the mark? Because this is September, early September. So are we ju- are we jumping in too too quickly to the October timeframe? But then again, as we get further down, you might simply find out that you know they, they can't jam it all into one. So they've they've got to kind of space it out. And if you're looking at you know the last you know third of the year where you're looking at you know uh, people are psyched up this kind of thing until you get to november 1st yeah i saw a trailer of this and um bonnie aarons actually plays the nun lady so all right up and does it right yeah and so if this is tied to the conjuring is there like a dead nun in 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 their their, their place where it gets out and kills people i don't think it's tied to the conjuring is it I just, it I mean, it's part of the conjuring universe. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just mentioned, so is, uh, Tacita Farmiga's character supposed to be related to Lorraine Warren? I wonder somehow, but she's a nun. She's a nun in the trailer. So I, I don't know. She's a nun. Yes. Yes. I, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. It, it is part of the conjuring universe. It's a spinoff slash prequel in the fifth installment of the conjuring universe. Um, yeah, it's a demon nun, uh, an, an incarnation of Valak from the conjuring Two, Charlie. Oh, there you, well, I was just remembered that, you know, it all gets mixed in because there was the, that, and then there was the, the curse of La Llorona or something. So, which I also thought was a nun movie. Cause it was about, yeah, it's, it, it all becomes a big nun related. Yeah. Movie. La Llorona. I think that's tied to some other series. I know this, this is, this is a cause for Google, Too much. but Too anyway, much. moving on, we get our, our third film in the, basically the modern day Poirot, your, uh, your, basically your murder on the Orient Express starring Kenneth Branner, a uh, haunting in Venice on September 15th, uh, Kelly Riley, who is Beth Dutton in Yellowstone, Todd's other favorite show, uh, and the, uh, a dramatic turn for Tina Fey and, uh, and Michelle Yeoh is also in it. Um, now is this based upon one of the Ag- Agatha Christie novels or are we moving forward? Yes, the they all are. Okay. Yep. No, they all are. There, there's like a billion it, of those Perot novels. Yeah. I I'm a big fan of the Perot, Perot series that was on PBS masterpiece for right, right, right. decades. Masterpiece theater. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who, who's iconic. Uh, and so I'm glad they're doing these and getting this back in people. These are evergreen stories. They just yeah. continue to work well. Uh, yeah. continue the past. But I have yeah. not seen any of these yet. I know. What? Uh, I oh, to, dude. Oh, it's so weird because like they're, when so, I ask Chris, they're like, so they're so good though they really are yeah i i, I asked chris i'm like no I, I i don't like him as uh Poirot. and i'm like okay i get it um so i will watch them on my own oh um, very good yes I, I i would yeah, recommend um, it i would recommend yeah, it um so a movie charlie that i'm uh, i'm kind of interested in and it's kind of fits the nerdy culture and that's dumb money it's about the oh, game stop stock uh, the, they called it the stonks, where basically GameStop stonks. was dying and somebody decided to uh, buy the stock when it was really low and they elevated yeah. the price. It was essentially uh, a lot of these firms were doing some crappy behavior to get the price really low and then take it over and essentially make a lot of money. So this is just ordinary folks who did this. They rigged the system. Uh, they ended up causing a lot of these um, firms to essentially go bankrupt because of the way they behave and the oh, way they gotcha. essentially bankrupt businesses. Yeah, you think of when somebody takes over like a, a Bed Bath & Beyond or something like that. Essentially, they just liquidate them and then they, they right. kill the companies. So they kind of 
uh, so this is like more of like a biopic thing, but telling of the how this happened. Yeah. Um, and this is going to have Paul Dano is kind of like the lead. Seth Rogen's in this. It looks really fun. Uh, so I think I think this could be. A uh, good so it's film. it's like kind of a Wolf of Wall Street kind of, uh, but maybe a little more satirical. I yeah, mean, absolutely. It was the one with well, the big short. Think of like the big short, the type of. Thing. Okay. Gotcha. That wasn't terribly satirical, but yeah. Um, well, speaking of uh, keeping dumb in the title, we have expend for bulls or basically one of the expendable. <laughs> I like that. Now this has, this series has been around for maybe 15 years. I feel like it, or it was like late, late aughts. We got the first one of these. So is this only the fourth one? Because I feel like yeah, there's been like I feel like there's been like ten of them because and basically what the Expendables is is that it's it, it, whoever's writing it it's it, kind of a la the Fast and the Furious it's a nonstop recycling of these uh, action film icons from the 80s and 90s so the, this series has had Bruce Willis and it Harrison Ford uh, obviously uh, Sly and Jason Statham are kind of the steady Eddies but you also have. Uh, 50 cent i didn't realize he was a star of stuff oh, sure. uh, now they're bringing back uh, uh the guy who was a uh, uh, drago in rocky four uh is in they're making they're making jo- uh, megan fox is in it which the less megan fox for me the sure, better why not um but yeah they're making they're making jokes around um why am i forgetting the name of the guy who played uh drago he was also he-man what is his name Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. They're making jokes around like, hey, I've got a sniper scope, but it's got a progressive lens in it so that I, so I can take my glasses off. So, I mean, they're making there, but it's just, uh, it, it's very explosiony, dumb stuff, whatever it is. Um, yeah, they'll have their audience it's for super it. Super bros. It is. Super smash bros. Super, super, they super, actually have a- super grandpa bros. Yeah, they have a video game, Charlie. It's called Super Bros, and it's absolutely hilarious because just like this, but it's got like Blade. It's got all of the like Arnold is Commando, and it's got all of these heroes. And they're just oh my god! Oh, I love love taking a crack at that. It's so goofy looking. I'll this. I'll have to send you a clip of it. It's it's hilarious, but um, absolutely. But yeah, Expendables started in 2010, so it's in our series. I have not seen one film of them. I I remember back in 2010, it was my bachelor days. I'm like, ah, it's Sunday. I'll go see a dumb movie, and I went and saw this, and I was like mission accomplished (laughs) definitely uh so it paw patrol for the kids is out there uh teamed up with saw x so you get saw patrol x you know Uh, it it is and it isn't they don't they don't actually come out on the same day so it's kind of much ado about nothing but whatever oh i know what Uh, a bummer we're gonna miss out on that yeah but uh, one movie that i'm very excited about is the creator that's that sci-fi film you see oh yeah uh yeah we, we talked about that of rogue we, yeah. one um, <coughs> we talked about Edwards, that yeah and then john <laughs> david washington i think it looks amazing it's an original story so that has me hyped because all we're getting is sequels and and reboots so that's a that's a fair point all right well that takes us into october um and you know we're getting some of the i would imagine kind of horror flair the first one that jumps out at me is a new film in the Exorcist series, which we talked about last week. The Exorcist, the Believer, with Ellen Burstyn reprising her lo- her role as the mother from the first film, and uh, Leslie Odom Jr., who was in, I believe, he was in the most recent Candyman, if I'm not mistaken. It's been a lot of different stuff. Uh, on October 13th, um, yeah, uh, Heritage film uh, or Heritage property, which I don't know that we've seen. Is this a la Halloween where we're getting like, yeah, there were a bunch of films in between, but we're just, you know what? We've wiped the decks clean all the way back to the first film. So it's this film and that film. I mean, I believe it, it, so. Kind of going that yeah, route. Cause, 
because the second movie, I was just listening to podcasts, and they talk about how bad it is. Richard Burton's in it. Uh, Ellen Burstyn decided not to be in that. Did not want yeah. to do that. So, Yikes. so it is kind of going back to the uh, original. Uh, like, yeah. assuming nothing happened after that, and this is just reengaging, which I appreciate okay. at times because oh, yeah, how successful those films are. Yeah, right, um, right, right, right. Um, let's see what else we got here. Oh, five nights at Freddy. This is a favorite of my sons. As I remember from back in the day, um, Josh Hutcherson from the hunger games and some other stuff that I just, I don't feel like I've seen him in a ton of stuff recently. He's kind of been, no. he's Since kind hunger of been, games, no. yeah, kind of been, uh, kind of on the gap, but that comes out, uh, just before Halloween. So it's on October 27. I assume that's an adaptation of now that's a, uh, it's a, is it a video game or a comics? Largely a video game, isn't it? It's a video game. game. Yeah, yeah. Where basically Chuck E. Cheese trapped these, these demonic uh, animatronics are trying to kill you and it's it's highly successful became a meme they have like it. it's it's widely adapted elsewhere but yeah this is this should be a lot of fun especially yeah. if it's done you know correctly with the right sense of humor um i think this one's coming out in theaters and on streaming at the same time like a paramount plus or a oh, okay. peacock thing gotcha so might make gotcha. an easy easy watch for us um going from there um that's it for october well i was really gonna say lean yeah, yeah the last the last one that i've seen trailers for is uh is priscilla that is uh sofia coppola directed but it's a, i've it's heard a, that movie is supposed to be a dumpster fire <laughs> i was gonna say it's a spin-off of elvis and me um which is priscilla presley's story which they made uh as a vh1 direct uh, film back in the 90s. So yeah, I've oh, seen God. it and I won't be seeing it. But Is it yeah. by the same people who made the meatloaf uh, biopic, which I absolutely loved. You know, what's so funny that you bring that up is that I have, uh, I've always loved the, um, the faux music group, the monkeys from the late 1960s. Yes. They, they had a TV show, which ran for several seasons in the year 2000 VH1 produced a biopic about their life story. I remembered watching it and I was going through like a monkey song popped up as I was listening to music in my car on Amazon prime. And I thought, man, you know what? I love that show. Cause it had this big resurgence in 1987 MTV started showing them. And I was 11 years old, became a huge fan, went back. I'm like, yeah, I would love to see the monkeys not on streaming, all discs out of print that VH1 musical available on prime April. And I sat and watched it. That's all that exists of the monkeys. I think the meatloaf might as well be. I, yeah. That movie was or the one to be found as well. The, the one of the, that they made about uh, Ricky Nelson uh, was came out around the same time. I know it's so, so weird. weird. But anyway, all right, moving on to November. We have some actual content in November, it looks like. Yes, uh, this is going to be, once again, I think we're going to start getting to the TBD if it actually really happens. Um, the, the big one in November, though, is Dune Part Dune. 2. Dune. Dude. I cannot wait for it. Oh, yeah. November 3rd. This Looks is going to be fantastic. The cast, I believe this will wrap up this movie proper. I don't think there's a third. Yeah. So, um, very exciting. I mean, this That's is awesome. the year of like, uh, you know, part ones. Now we're getting a part two. Um, right. Charlie, and then then this one as well. I don't know if it's, I mean, oh, it's right. locked in concrete. The Marvels. Yeah, the you know. Things are so iffy with Marvel these days because even even your top dogs at Disney are saying, I think we've come too far too fast with Marvel. So are we going to start to to draw it back? I mean, we have Loki coming up in October and then this would be their other uh, property or their other production that we're supposed to see before the end of the year. Um, oh, no. Echo. 
Don't forget Echo, Charlie. I thought of her. I've already <laughs> forgotten. Yeah, Echo, which is going to be a one day drop because they're like, let's get rid of this piece of shit. Echo, you know, it's been- Echo. I'm still alive. Watch yeah. me, please. Oh um, yes, please. I'm here. I'm 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 Val. Now the Marvels again. It looks it, it looks cute. You're putting together uh, the three characters uh, who are associated with the Ms. slash Captain uh, Marvel uh, name: Brie Larson, Tiana Paris, the young lady who's. Kamala Khan, whose name I'm forgetting, um, definitely looks like fun. Um, Marvel needs a win after Secret Invasion, like nobody's oh, business. Yeah, and especially oh when God. they show Sam Jackson in the trailer, I'm like, uh, there's no buzz on showing him. So yeah. you might want to just move away from Sam yeah. Jackson. Let's take it, take, yeah. take a big step backwards. So let's hope. Um, uh, a movie in November, I feel absolutely no buzz around, would be the Hunger Games prequel, The Ballads of Songbirds and Snakes, which rolls right off the tongue. Great title. Um, yeah, this is telling the story of uh, Donald Sutherland's character, President Snow, as a young man, and it's a love story, and blur, 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 and it's the young woman from the most recent Scream film, I think. She was one of the cast members. Yeah, Rachel, oh, Rachel sure. Zegler. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Tom Blith is yeah. obviously the young version of of snow uh couldn't care less i mean no. but again you know my question to me is where's the audience for the hunger games do they have a rabid fan base uh that is still around i i'm reminded of twilight remember how big twilight was 15 oh, yeah. years ago now you don't hear a mouse fart about it it's just it's dead it's just there's not there's not a fan base that that I'm aware yeah. of. I could be completely wrong. At me on X at the C3 if I'm wrong. If you're a well, I think you've Twilight got a group, just, person, yeah. I I just don't know if there's anything there for them to, you know, go into. I mean, that's the problem. It's like I don't know if it's yeah. just a dead franchise. The author she stopped making books. I think she did another series that was essentially through another character's eyes with the same events. And I don't oh. think that works for a new. Oh, you're talking about Stephanie Meyer and Twilight. So we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, the hunger game, the, 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 I mean, this, the Battle of songbirds and snakes is a book. So this is based on a book that came out in 2020. Um, but to your point, uh, I don't know, Charlie, I mean, maybe that there is a huge, passionate fan base that will come out in, in droves. I liked those movies, but I sure. never said, Oh, I like, I'd like to know more about president snow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, 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 I do not uh, see great things for this. So, I mean, looking over the rest of the month, any of the rest of the, Oh, I've got one for you, Charlie. Yeah. Oh, please. That please. movie Thanksgiving. I found out a little bit more about this. Oh, okay. This is a horror film. Uh, Eli Roth is directing it and okay. it's going to be set during Thanksgiving. Patrick Dempsey's going to be in this, um, which should be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, a horror film in November. Why not? I'm up for it. Although, why didn't it just shift? But it's Thanksgiving themed. Yeah. So maybe that's why it's in November. Who oh, knows? Absolutely. I don't know. All right. So is that it? We're getting into December then. So, okay. Uh, and again, yeah. a very good uh, point that we might simply see a lot of this stuff go poof. Um but the first big thing that jumps out at me is Wonka. I know we talked about this trailer uh, a few months ago um, with the irrepressible Chalamet uh, and Olivia Coleman, and this is focusing as a kind of a prequel. But it's a lot of it's very musical. It kind of is Greatest Showman kind of vibe. But was it really? I'm now I'm trying to remember the trailer. Was it very musically? Like people are jumping around doing all that stuff. Not really, but um, you did get the the, the goofy moment with uh, um, the 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 Oompa Loompa who was oh, yeah, dancing, yeah. and it cut yeah, out yeah. before that huge. Yeah, uh, that's what I was saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very good. So yeah, that looks um, 
Yeah, I mean, it looks entertaining, especially coming out, you know, it's 10 days, 10 days for Christmas. So you're getting into that Christmas break vibe. I, I think this will be successful. I agree. Something that, and this is, this is the death rattle of DC on the it's way it, out. That's it, yeah. Charlie. It's the end that of is, the DC yeah. universe. Where, where Blue Beetle was the penultimate. This is, this is the nail in the coffin. Aquaman and Lost Kingdom, uh, December 20. So again, you're getting into the Christmas break vibe. Um, but again, are these films really for kids? Uh, Jason Momoa and Yaya Abdul Mateen II, not ringing a bell. Um, he is, uh, I believe he is um, uh, Black Manta. Oh, very good. So there, so you've got the same hero and the same villain back for the second film. Okay. I believe I, so. He's I just, back, yeah. I just remember very little about the first man. Um, Ocean master was Patrick Wilson. I don't know if I really buy him in the comic book movie, but what, but it was, yeah. Aquaman was, was very much a CGI nightmare. Plus you had, uh, Amber, uh, heard in that. Charlie, he had, he had octopuses playing the drums. I mean, what's better than that? Oh, like under the sea. Un- exactly. <laughs> well, there'll be no accusations, was- just friendly crustaceans under the sea. Yeah, Jason Momoa's charm made that movie entertaining uh, right. and elevated. It was essentially just an adventure film, and, right. and that's all it was. It, I, I don't know if they can duplicate the charm of that movie, uh, and I worry that they won't. And I think that's yeah. a good place to say goodbye, DC. 2023, stamp it on the gravestone. Yeah, uh, there you it's go. it's done so bunzo. Um, we're, on Christmas Day, we're we are getting a um, we're getting Oscar bait, uh, which I think looks direct, uh, a new interpretation of the color purple. Uh, Taraj P Henson and uh, Haley Bailey, who is of course from uh, The Little Ooh, Mermaid. Right. It's a classic tale, uh, 1985 film uh, from Steven Spielberg with Oprah Winfrey was uh, what uh, put this one on the map. I'm excited. I mean, I, I feel like it's something that we would go see without a doubt. But then we get Charlie. into the TBD. Oh no. I know. Oh. I want to go to back to one that I am oh, like okay. the most okay. anticipated because I this could be a horrible dumpster fire or it could be cool. And that is Rebel Moon. This is Zack Snyder's like this was supposed right. to be his Star Wars film. Right. And Netflix. This, it's a Netflix, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I've heard. The, the, I mean, Zack Snyder. If he does anything, he his stuff looks good. The content and the what's coming out of people's mouths, not always so much. Wow, plot, that, not always that, so much. And you know what? The parallels to Star Wars under George Lucas are very palpable, based on what yeah, you just described. Absolutely. Because look at look so at you're so, saying Zack Snyder is our generation's George Lucas. He is our George Lucas. It is. But it's going on our title. <laughs> he didn't walk out with his four four billion dollar um, no. uh, golden parachute though. But you know what? Maybe someday. He um, got his Netflix parachute apparently. I yeah. guess. But anyway, then we segue into as you had mentioned the the TBD. So let's see if there's anything substantive on here. Uh, Beverly Hills yeah. Cop. Alex Axel Foley is oh getting a God. Netflix series. Yeah, I feel like I heard about that. A Black Canary with a, or isn't Journey Smollett the guy who got canceled because of he had the fake oh people beat me up or something? No, or what, they're not the so same guy. This is essentially the character from the uh, Harley Quinn. Remember the Harley Quinn and the blah 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 blah. This was oh, who sure. played Black Canary in that film. Uh, oh, this gotcha. is not happening. That Charlie, gotcha. this is not happening. <laughs> well, this says Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Okay, this yeah, this I think this list is a mess. It doesn't mean anything. Oh yeah, it's it's a hot list of things that uh, I don't know who put this list together. It's not true, right? Except for Salem's Lot. I think that's still happening. Gotcha. 
and then we get into oh we went and then we go all the way backwards to take us back to January. Yeah. So. <laughs> want to okay. talk about what happened already? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm like Megan is coming out again. Oh, it says January 2023. Yes. Oh that my god! You should probably watch it now. <laughs> you haven't watched it yet. It's it's delightful. I know. I'm horrible. It's, yes. it's delightful. Oh my goodness. Well, uh, what do you think? What's your what's your top grab for the season? Oh my goodness, that's a good question. Um, I hope Dune is fantastic, and I can't yeah. wait to watch it. Yeah, I, I agree, and and I need another watch of Dune to get fired up about that. But I will, um, I'm scrolling back through it to just remind myself. Um, yeah, I think that would have to be it. It's it's not it's Aquaman. Quiet. It's a quiet yeah. year. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not Aquaman, and the Marvels if it comes out, I'm I'm very excited to see that. Um, I hope it's good. I, yeah. I really do. I don't want it to be like, oh, everything in Marvel sucks now. I don't have that mindset. Yeah. I like Guardians of the Galaxy. I just hope it's it's an upswing. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Well, that is the end of the show. Uh, friends, as always, thank you for joining us. Todd, where do people find you out there? Uh, on the X, Twitter, whatever you call it, you can find me at Tia Oxtra. Uh, I have my fantasy football draft next week. Very excited Ooh. about that. I'll be talking about the asking for help and, and mental health support. Um, and also we'll be talking about, uh, maybe a little bit of Babylon five, uh, because of that new movie coming out. So I'm very excited about that. Oh, so cool. that's where I'm at. Good deal. I would be interested to see that. And you can find me uh, over on X Twitter at the C3. Go ahead and spell it out. Uh, my lovely wife, April, and I do run the USS Grand Petoskey, one of the biggest chapters of Starfleet, the international Star Trek fan club in the world. We are based here in West Michigan, but we have chapter, uh, we have chapters all over Michigan. And actually, as regional coordinator, I also run Region 13, which includes Eastern Canada. If you're a Trekker within the sound of my voice, would like to meet Trekkers uh, in your neighborhood or be interested in starting your own chapter, we specialize in that, so we'd love to help you. Uh, visit us, uh, Google us up, visit us at a website of that name or on socials thereabouts, and we can make that happen for you. Friends, once again, thank you for joining us. I'm going to tell you, as always, that sharing is caring, and to keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. In a truck. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server. Or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.